I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the St. Louis Arch. So grab your tram ticket. And let's get civical. everybody welcome back to let's get civical i'm lizzie stewart and i'm arden walentowski and do you want to tell them what you're doing right now i it is approximately what the hell time is it it is 6 47 my time here in hot springs arkansas a.m we should say <laughs> I am in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and I am currently under a blanket. She uh, is. Because I am trying to record in the most echoey house I have ever been in. It's super cute. It's like covered in shiplap. The most echoey of the of the of the wooded materials. Oh, yes, the most echoey of the laps for sure. And I, uh, my only recourse was to record under a gigantic blanket, which we have been using for picnics. And thank God is like gigantic because otherwise I don't know what I would do. And there's sure. currently a cat crawling under my legs. 
Excellent. So if you hear meowing, if you hear any sort of feline noises, you look like you're in the Bla- the Blair Witch Project. I know. I'm also just a disembodied head because it's a yeah. dark blanket. And so the only thing Lizzie can see is my head. Your shroud my ref- shadow. Yeah. My shroud of Turin, like yep. reflection from my computer screen. And- Look, you guys, we go above and beyond to make these episodes happen. Yeah. So you have to bear with us. <laughs> but speaking of cats, I have a Oh my god, legendary. did I give you the best lead-in or what? You did. You gave me such a great lead-in because not last night the most extraordinary thing happened to me, and not just to me, but to to many people because I was at a Yankees game yesterday, a home Yankees game. And it was just like, it was, when I say it was a boring game, I mean, it was a boring game. It was like the Yankees were playing really bad. The other team was like fine and they were scoring. So it was like, ugh. Yeah. So not much, not much action and then in, I think it was like at the the bottom of the seventh inning, I'm, I'm just kind of like chilling and like watching the game. And then my boyfriend goes, there's a cat on the field. There's a cat on the field. And he starts freaking out. And sure enough, like right outside the dugout of the other team is a full cat. <laughs> and And it was just sitting there. And I just remember being like, where did he come from? Yeah, how did he get there? Because you know, at baseball games, there is somebody at every entrance. It's not easy to to get anywhere without having to like go by somebody who's like, "Who are you?" and "Is this your section?" Right. And sure enough, this cat defied all all laws and just like wow. appeared on the field in front of the dugout. And at first, at first, the players were kind of like. Okay. Right. <laughs> like maybe we'll keep, keep playing. playing. Do we hold but for cat? Do we hold for cat? Nobody yet knew. And then the cat made a beeline for like center field. And at that Fuck point, yeah. the stadium freaks out. The players are like, we clearly cannot continue with this cat fully. I mean, and it was sprinting. The, to be fair, the cat was probably like absolutely terrified <laughs> because it was like bolting across the field and then it did this for like maybe a minute and it would like it like ran to the back of the field it like jumped up on like the ledge of the back of the field and sat there for like 15 seconds and and I'm the whole time I'm just like nobody's doing anything the players are just standing standing there there, looking at this cat and then finally they send out the poor grounds crew to go and try to wrangle this cat there's like eight of them and immediately i'm like they're not gonna catch this cat this cat is this cat is way too quick this cat is way too quick and sure enough it's like another three or four minutes of like the grounds crew kind of like closing in on the cat and then the cat bolting and then the stadium erupting because we want the cat to not get caught. We want right. We want this to. If this was the whole rest of the game, I would have. Oh my god! Away well, it's the uh, clearly the most exciting thing that you guys had seen that day. 
literally in th- this year it was <laughs> like when i say i lost my absolute mind i mean oh my that God. i lost my absolute mind because it was just so surreal that it was happening and that it took them so long to like wrangle the cat oh that's I just, oh my god I, everybody look at national television because i bet you they're replaying that moment and i is, was there do does your uh does your instagram feed also include like you screaming at about Arden, the cat? When I say, yeah oh my god I'm sorry, sound sorry. on sound, sound on, on. For, I, for that. I cannot wait um, to get off this Zoom with you and go watch that. Oh, my God. I'm yeah, so excited. It's, it's like 10 times better than the bear video. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's a full-ass bear. It's a full-ass bear. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You see animals the way you react to seeing animals in – well, the bear was in its natural habitat, but like – To be fair, yeah. The cat on the field, I was like, wait. Because you – I mean, you think birds. Birds yeah. are kind of the thing you see. It's an open It's an open yeah. stadium. Yeah. You don't think a full-grown cat is going to no. just saunter onto the field. I loved what? it. Where I just want to know how it got there. I, Who does he I belong tell you. to? Is he I somebody's tell pet? You. No, I bet it's feral. I mean, it's Yankee Stadium. I it's the Bronx. There's feral cats. You know, it's, it's true. Feral it's cats true. Everywhere. Oh my god, that's crazy. That's so yep. funny. I love that story, and I can connect it. I can follow our through line of cat to connect us to our topic for today. Heck yeah, bring us there. So as I said, I am on a, a month-long road trip. And uh, last week we were in St. Louis. And so we were we decided to go. There's like right now because of COVID, like unless you get tickets for like a week in advance. Like you like if you're trying to get them to go up in the arch for like the next day or two, it's you they're not available. But you can go see like this apparently really great documentary film about the gateway arch that's like a half hour so i bought tickets which spoiler alert the today's episode is about the st louis arch um so i got tickets for the movie and i like i don't know what i thought like i don't know if i thought like it was just gonna be like when you walk into the base of the of the arch or like i don't know what i thought but like we were leaving that day right after the film to go to. Mm, oh my god, I can't even remember where were we going. We were going someplace. You've been else. to like thirty places. Oh my in god, six I literally days. can't. the The days all blend. Oh, Kansas City. We were going to Kansas City. So, I was like, okay, well, because we're we're traveling. My girlfriend and I are traveling with the little cat, and so we were like, you know, we'll put him in his bag, and he can just like, you know, we'll just go, we'll just go. And so we get in there and I didn't, I just didn't give it a second thought because he's in a bag. Like, I don't know. He's not going to oh get God, out of the bag. You brought a cat to St. Louis Arch. <laughs> we did. <laughs> God. <laughs> and by we, I mean me because I did not think it through. And we get there and we're like, of course. And I like, it's a national monument. Like I was just like, it was one of those moments where like, I'm generally a pretty smart person. I was a goddamn idiot. Like <sighs> I just like, what were you thinking? It's a national monument. It's federal There's property. Security, There's security. But like when I stopped by Lincoln's birthplace, it was also like a national park, federal property, like no security. There was nothing. Yeah, like, but that's a log cabin. This is a full <laughs> ass structure. 
I'd say I'd say the, the St. Louis Arch is more of a national monument in the sense of like the monuments we've covered before, as opposed to Lincoln's yes. birthplace is like, all right, yeah, here's here's the outline of a cabin in the woods. And yes, Lincoln was born somewhere around here. <gasps> oh my god. So Exactly. So anyways, so we're like, we wait or and we see this woman, has, she's carrying like a tiny little yappy dog and the dog to its credit is not yapping, but it's like one of those tiny yappy dogs. Yeah. And she's like, kissing it and holding it like it's not in a bag. And we like wait for security to tell her whether or not she's allowed to like take this dog up. And they let her through whatever. And so we go up and we're trying to get through ourselves. And the guys are, there's like these three security guys. I mean, like you would have thought that we brought like weapons. Yeah. You would have thought we were carrying weapons because my girlfriend took the cat out of the bag to go through security. And he, so then the cat was like, what the fuck am I doing here? And we tried to carry him through. They were like, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. You know, you can't come through. There's no cats up here. Anyway. So I ruined our trip to the movie with, by just assuming that a cat could go up into a federal monument fuck was i thinking insane insane i'm insane and stupid and then and then your cat booked a plane ticket to new york oh yeah made its way onto yankee field and and (laughs) that's where i saw it he would he's like i'm out of here i'm out of here i didn't want to go to the arch anyway i'm going to a baseball game yeah so silly (laughs) i love it cats are the theme today cats are the theme today and but also just like selfishly, I was like, I want to talk about the Gateway Arch because it was super cool. Have you ever been? Sure. No, I've never oh been God. to St. Louis. Oh, it was so cool. And honestly, like a super cool city. Highly recommend if you're going to do like a day or two trip. But I was like, I want to talk about the arch because it was even just like seeing the outside of it was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my selfish episode to <laughs> talk about something Hell I saw yeah. on my trip. And you deserve it. <laughs> You're you're in a bunker right now. I am um, in a bunker. Making episodes happen. My disembodied face is just. I love it. I love what it. Lizzie has to look at. <laughs> Should I do the search to Ronan sources? Absolutely. Tell me what we are sourcing from today. Okay. So the Architectural Digest. Love. History.com. Of love. course. Smithsonian. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. They had some good information about like why the arch was built. And then just like the website for the gate- Gateway Arch herself. I love it. Straight from yeah. the horse's mouth. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start off where you know I love to start off, which is uh, the basics. So yeah. these notes are coming from the Gateway Arch and History.com. Completed in October 1965, the Gateway Arch costs less than $15 million to build. Okay, bargain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty simple. I can't imagine. Like, where are you going to spend the money? It's like the same material, you know? Right. <laughs> it's basically metal and glass. The foundations extend 60 feet into the ground, and in its entirety, the arch weighs 43,226 tons, including 900 tons of stainless steel. Yeah, bitch. I mean, yeah, she's heavy. She's heavy. She's heavy. She's a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Built to withstand earthquakes and high winds, the monument was designed to sway up to 18 inches. Absolutely no. not. No. Absolutely. 
absolutely not. I don't, I do not accept that we have normalized swaying structures. I do not accept this. I would hope that if it was that windy, they would be like, no humans, no cats, right. no dogs right. are going up at this moment. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think that if it's moving, they're sending anybody up. <laughs> that seems very dangerous. <laughs> Seriously. Take your life in your hands. It has swayed 1.5 inches when subjected to 50 mile an hour winds. Yeah. Okay, so it's... And it can sway up to 18. What is it like? What is it like bounce back and forth? Like, boing, I mean, it, boing. that's a I, lot. That's a lot. How would you? I mean, that's like, that's beyond wind because. That's like, yeah, we're getting into hurricane level. That's hurricane or like something really bad has happened. Yeah. You know, you know, maybe a force not from nature. I love that. Yeah. The Gateway Arch is 630 feet high, making it the tallest monument in the United States. And it is as wide as it is tall. She's huge. She's really big. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. The budget came in at $13.4 million, employing a few hundred workers with amazingly no loss of life. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we saw this at Mount Rushmore, too, where they were like, no one died. Nobody died. Crazy. They also didn't. There were no harnesses used. Right. Ooh, crazy. Ooh. No, thank you. In mm-hmm. 1965. Ooh. Yeah. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. An internal tram system takes visitors to the top, where on a clear day they can see up to 30 miles across the winding Mississippi and to the Great Plains to the west. Yes, love. Mm-hmm. Early visitors weren't able to enjoy the amazing views from the top as the 2 million trans system wasn't completed until 1967. Today, up to 6,700 visitors per day take the four-minute tram ride to the top. Four minutes? Mm -hmm. We can't get them to there quicker? It's a weird... So, obviously, we didn't go up, but, like, it's a... Somebody was describing to us that it's, like, a... It's a weird because it's an arch. It's not like a elevator. It's like a weird mm-hmm. pod type thing. Mm. And then there's like these little windows, and you can see them if you look at the top of the arch. Um, you can see them. They're like little, like almost like submarine windows, but like oval. You know, because mm. um, I don't know that it's that big. And it's no, not it's like not you couldn't big. have like a regular elevator. It's like a little pod thing. I love it. Yeah. In addition to the Gateway Arch, the Jefferson Expansion Memorial includes the Museum of Westward Expansion and the old courthouse of St. Louis, where two of the famous Dred Scott slavery cases were heard in the 1860s. So it's in this hub of history. Yeah. Also, I would love to go to the museum of westward expansion (laughs) just manifest the destiny for me what a great what a great time yeah we were just like keep going keep going going let's see what we hit keep walking just keep walking west (laughs) just keep going west yeah Yeah. don't stop don't stop so let's talk about building the arch let's The Gateway Arch was designed by Finnish-born, American-educated architect 
Eero Serenin. His first name is E-E-R-O. And his last name is S-A-A-R-I-N-E-N. Very Finnish. Mm-hmm. Very Finnish. Speaking of Finland, we're currently charting in Finland. So shout out to our Hi, Finnish Finland. folks. We're so this is not a good this is not a good moment for us as far as celebrating very you sorry. because we don't know how to pronounce this name. I'm very but sorry. We love you, you, so, can, so much. you can yell at us on the on the social media this time, because I'm very sorry about that pronunciation. And it was erected the arts was erected to commemorate President Thomas Jefferson's Louisiana Purchase of eighteen oh three and to celebrate St. Louis's role in the rapid westward expansion that followed. I think, I, I mean, I think having the the St. Louis arches is obviously amazing, and, and I'm glad that we do have it. But I do think that they were grasping at straws on what to make a monument for. They're like, oh, we want to put something here, but like, what? Ugh, what are we going to celebrate? Um, 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 um. Oh, I know. Do you remember the Louisiana Purchase? Oh, yeah. Great. From approximately um, like 147. 200 years ago? Yeah. Let's do it about that. Everybody mm-hmm. loves Louisiana Purchase. They'll mm. get it. It'll be an arch. It was a great you know? purchase. It was a great purchase. Great purchase. So as the market and supply point for fur traders and explorers, including the famous Meriwether Lewis and William Clark, the town of St. Louis grew exponentially after the War of 1812 when great numbers of people began to travel by wagon to seek their fortunes west of the Mississippi. I mean, I just feel like the episode on Lewis and Clark that we are going to do in the future. Mm. Hold on to your hats. We have no we have no current plans, but I feel like I'm I s- ready. I started that episode research at one point and then we swapped it out for something else because like there was a holiday. I'm sure something like, happened that was like relevant and, and it was we were like, like yeah. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely have to do that episode. Yeah. In 1947, 1948, Saarinen, we're just going to say Saarinen, and if it's not right, please tell us how to say it on social media. Saarinen won a nationwide competition to design a monument honoring the spirit of the Western pioneers. In a sad twist of fate, the architect died of a brain tumor in 1961 and did not oh, live no. to see. I know, and did not live to see the construction of his now famous arch, which began in February of 1963. Oh, that's a bummer. I know. Poor Saarinen. I know. According to the competition's call for submissions, the new monument was to serve as, quote, a living memory to Jefferson's vision of greater opportunities for men of all races and creeds. Mm. Uh, I don't know about that. I think uh, think somebody's stretching (laughs) the truth here a little bit. I I, I don't. (laughs) Maybe it's Jefferson himself, but I I don't think that was his, uh, his, whatchamacallit, slogan. No, no, that was not the tattoo he had on his body. No. No. Speaking of his design, Saarinen said, quote, the arch symbolized the gateway to the West, the national expansion, and what not, close quote. <laughs> you know, it, yes, a, the gateway to the West, the national expansion, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. You feel me. You feel me, the- right? <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that he gave a very eloquent answer to this question in like a different interview. But oh, yeah. for some reason they pulled the the one where the he what? said and whatnot. <laughs> like, you know, the who's and what's is like everybody's going west. Here's an arch to celebrate that. Yeah. I love it. Saarinen's design was chosen from 172 submissions, which included animal sculptures, a statue of the signing of the Saint, of the Louisiana Purchase, 
and Eero's father's own entry depicting a tall rectangular stone gate. So oh. they both rectangles are so seventeen seventy. They're so they're so retro. We're all about arches now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eero based his design on the catenary curve or the shape made by a free hanging chain when held at both ends. Which begs the question, like, why? <laughs> I don't know. Like, you would think there would be some kind of symbolism there, like, yeah, in cha- like who was in chains and the chains are now freed, who is in but, chains and who's but breaking. The- I mean, yeah. this is about westward expansion, <laughs> right? There's no like free no of anything. There's no chains, and the chain is then upside down, right? Because Sure. Yeah, because gravity would not allow a chain to be held up in the air like that. Yeah, it's true. Good point. Look, Thank we you. are not. Thank you. We're not the architectural geniuses. We're just trying to understand. Yep. We're gonna take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's talk about the why. Why do we build the structure? I think I've already alluded to it before. I'm like, the Louisiana Purchase seems like a weak thing to be like, let's build a, the biggest <laughs> monument in the entire United States to Seriously. the Louisiana Purchase. Grasping but let's straws. figure out why. So in 1934, local business leaders promoted the idea of a memorial to Thomas Jefferson and the expansionary vision of his Louisiana Purchase. But their real aim, according to Tracy Campbell, who's the author of The Gateway Arch, a biography, 
was to rid the city's waterfront of, quote, blighted, end quote, property and bring in federal construction dollars. This is what I was smelling. I was Mm -hmm. like, something does not smell like it is above board. Yeah. Yeah, they want federal dollars to come in and basically redo their city. So they're like, what can we grasp at? What can we grasp at? Oh, my God. Dear federal government, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be amazing if we honored Thomas Jefferson and his, whatchamacallit, expansionary vision of the Louisiana Purchase? And the lawmakers are like, uh, Uh, I guess, yeah, uh, sure. Because it's like Thomas Jefferson and like, oh my God, Louisiana Purchase, obviously big deal. Yeah. And- They were like, okay, okay, sure, sure. And the business owners are like, yes, free dollars. Mm -hmm. Yes. Love it. Free money. Yeah. Following a rigged bond measure to cover the city's costs, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch counted 46,000 phony ballots, more than enough to tilt the outcome, and denounced the project as election thievery. 40 square blocks of Riverside property were bulldozed, including 290 businesses, mainly small factories and historic cast iron buildings employing some 5,000 workers. So I love it. There's corruption. There's a capital C corruption. Corruption, destruction. Yeah. We want this arch because we want them to come and clean up this area of town that we find to be unsavory. So we're going to stuff the ballot boxes. <laughs> and then just destroy everything and put 5,000 people out of work. Because I can tell yes. you, it did not take 5,000 people to build this arch. To be fair, this is the most American thing I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. It really is. I'm loving it. FDR's Interior Secretary, Harold Ikes, nearly blocked the venture as, quote, speculative real estate, end quote, mm-hmm. until the war disrupted civilian public works projects. Ugh. Of course, the war comes in and changes our perspective on everything. Yeah. But after the war, President Harry Truman from Missouri let the money flow. Still, the site lay an empty squalor for a decade, and then came President Dwight Eisenhower's Mm -hmm. interstate system of highways, a stretch of which passed along the site, reviving the arch's appeal as an outsized attraction for the vast stream of Americans vacationing in their cars. And I have to say, I have to say that that view pulling into St. Louis when you see the arch is like, it's really good. It is. I mean, they were correct. They were correct. (laughs) They were correct. Like, oh my God. You are are the civilians Mm -hmm. vacationing in cars. Yeah. You're the target audience. We were the target audience and we were uh, happily surprised by pulling into St. Louis and seeing the arch. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Because we also drove in at night. Okay, okay, so highly recommend. I mean, I'm sure it's pretty no matter what time you drive in, but we drove in at night and it was like just enough sun to like get some good photos. And like with the arch and the, it was beautiful. Ooh, sure. 
So let's talk about visiting the arch. (laughs) Don't bring your cat. (laughs) Don't bring cats. They do not allow them. In the summer, it's open from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Winter, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. The park grounds are open from 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. year-round. And like I said, there's various things to do. There's You can do the tram ride all the way to the top. There's the movie. And then like just outside, like... Uh, the arch is next to the to the river. If you go down the stairs to the side of the arch that doesn't go to downtown, there's like that's where the river is, and there's a boat, and you can take a St. Louis riverfront cruise, which Ugh. I have heard is really fun. Cute. Yeah, yeah. And you there's like various price tickets, like, and it's pretty. I feel like it's pretty inexpensive for like. Well, I mean, like you can see you can do all of those things, the tram ride, the movie, and the cruise for thirty five bucks, and I feel like that's a really good deal. Yeah, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. In a typical year, the viewing area at the top of the Gateway Arch can accommodate up to 160 people at a time. Of course, due to COVID, the capacity at the top has been significantly reduced, which is probably why it's hard to get tickets. The four-minute tram ride takes you to the viewing platform, where 16 windows look out onto downtown St. Louis, the Mississippi River, and Illinois. Oh. This is from the Gateway Arch, and this is them talking about, like, COVID protocols. To help facilitate social distancing, guests will be limited to under 10 minutes at the top of the arch. There are no restroom or dining facilities at the top of the Gateway Arch. So if you have to poo, you simply have to do, do it, it before, before you, you get up. on the tram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can't yeah. do it on top. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Which makes sense. Makes Where sense. would it go? Where would it go? It, it's not structurally sound no. for that. It's already There's swaying no back and forth. It's already we're swaying not putting, 18 inches. We're not putting a toilet in there. No. Could you Absolutely imagine not. swaying 18 inches on a toilet in the safe in the I would just I would just I would just drown myself. Like this is I couldn't handle it. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. Oh my god. Miracle. Okay, you guys, let's talk about my favorite thing in the world. It's time for fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts. And these are all coming from Architectural Digest. So the arch's two legs were built separately. And if their measurements were off by as little as 1 64th of an inch, they would not have been able to join at the top. The stainless steel pieces of the arch were shipped in via train from Pennsylvania and had to be assembled on site. Welders had to work extraordinarily carefully to ensure their measurements were precise. The margin of error allowed was less than half a millimeter. Though the construction workers were sure of their product, many people speculated that the arch would fall when the last piece at the top of the arch was set in place to join the legs. It didn't, of course. It didn't, So I'm kind of like... I'm kind of like with everybody else who's like, this is going to fall. Yeah. I don't like, I understand that there's engineering and I understand that like there are Isaac Newton laws at play to keep it from not falling. But I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like, I don't like not having anything below me. I know. It's a funny thing to do it to like, and also you're just like, I mean, if they didn't use harnesses, how are they doing this? Like. How are they doing they this? Built them also, separately. it's like How do they're you doing this all by pen two and paper. Legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No calculators. So it's no. like, give me a pencil. Let me do equations to, <laughs> like, let me get a ruler and measure out exactly 
how long this has to be in order to not fall and kill everybody. Oh, my God. Jesus. Next fun fact. (laughs) Not so fun, but kind of fun. The insurance company for the project predicted that 13 workers would die during construction. I feel like if you have a death count, (laughs) like if you have an estimated death count, don't do the project. (laughs) Don't do the project. Yeah. (laughs) That's really funny. I mean, sad. (laughs) With a difficult construction process that saw people working hundreds of feet in the air with no safety nets, it is not too much of a surprise that the insurers expected there to be fatalities. But somehow, no one died during construction. The only death associated with the Gateway Arch was that of Kenneth Sewers, who in 1980 leapt from a plane... Oh, parachuted to the top of the arch and attempted to base jump to the ground. His auxiliary parachute didn't deploy and he fell to his death. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't blame the arch for that. No. That's not her fault. No. That's a parachute problem. The arch did what the arch was supposed to do, which was serve as a landing surface. He landed. Everything stayed in place. And, and the then his second parachute didn't mm-hmm. deploy. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. Not no, the arch's you. fault. Mm-mm. Continuing with our fun facts, there was confusion over whether the elder or the younger Saarinen won the design competition for the monument. Both father and son entered the competition, and even though Ira was chosen as the winner, confused officials mistakenly told his father that he had won. The architects and their family had already had a champagne celebration to toast the senior Saarinen when a telegram came in, came in to correct the error. I mean, at least I could still use the champagne. That's right. You know, and it's you know like, it's, it means? would be different if it was like somebody completely different. Completely different. All that means is that like you do another round of champagne toast. Yeah. It's like, all, all right, means? sorry, dad, but right. uh, congratulations, brother. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That's all. That's it. I think Lizzie said this before, but the arch is as tall as it is wide. Though it might not look like it, the arch is 630 feet tall and 630 feet wide. Since you're not always looking at the arch straight on, you experience an illusion that it's much taller than it is wide. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this thing is full of like optical illusions yeah, and all yeah. sorts of things. Yeah. Oh, you'll love this. The unique tram system was invented by a man with no, no formal with oh, sorry with no formal engineering training. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Lizzie's never absolutely going in the tram. Not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You're like, I will take my pictures from the ground. I will literally, you will you will not catch me in, in the St. Louis arch with this nonsense. No. Thanks to the curved shape of the arch, a regular elevator couldn't bring visitors from the base to the top. Saarinen's firm called the Montgomery Elevator Company in Moline, Illinois to solve the problem. Dick Bowser, a college dropout whose family was in the elevator business, happened <gasps> to visit a friend who worked at the company, and that friend connected him with the architect. <laughs> oh my god. It's all about who do you know who knows. Who do you know? You know? It's all about networking. Who are your and connections? <laughs> the elevator world is small. <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. Bowser was asked to design the system in just two weeks. Okay. Like, talking about the safety of humans, but fine. His solution was a tram that was part elevator and part Ferris wheel. 
and it's the very system that lifts visitors to the top of the arch today. My only hope is that in the intervening years, they have had a college-educated engineering person come in and be like, yes, this is structurally sound. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this will not misfunction. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. This is my favorite fun fact, and you're going to you're gonna lose okay. your shit. Presidents are not allowed to go to the top. If it's, if it's not safe enough for the president of the United States, it is not safe enough for me. They're not allowed, with the exception of President Eisenhower. Well, this, sure, he's the first. He was the first. He, like, greenlit it and did all the stuff to get it done. The Secret Service has forbidden all presidents from ascending the Gateway Arch due to security concerns. It is, after all, a very tight, enclosed space. The only exception was Dwight D. Eisenhower, who signed the order for the construction of the arch in 1954. In 1967, when he was 77 years old, the former president visited St. Louis to give a speech. A trip to the top was not in his itinerary, but when he showed up early to the monument, (laughs) after it had closed to the public, he insisted on riding the tram up. I love that. So I'm like, I'm confused. I'm like, man is like, but I, I, this is my doing. I want to go up. But this is my monument. I'm going to go to the top. I want to die. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm like, I feel like the secured, the secret service knows more than we do because I'm like, yeah, shut it down to all other visitors. Right. And let the president go up. You know, I'm like, what, what isn't safe about it? Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. Like, mm-hmm. to me, it does make sense. Like, there's no easy way out. Like, how would you get somebody out if there right? Was but a... like, yeah. But that makes that is a valid question. Yeah, there's no easy way out of Air Force One, and yet we're fine. True. 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 The arch's recent renovation is more than twice as expensive as the original cost to build it. When the arch was yes. built, yeah, 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 yeah. When the arch was built in the early '60s, it cost 13 million dollars. More than $100 million today when adjusted for inflation. The Arch's recent renovation cost $380 million, but it was also that money was also used to renovate the park, expand the museum. They added a cafe, and they raised to the riverbank to prevent flooding. So it wasn't just spent on the Arch. And like right. any work you're going to do to like raise land and prevent flooding is super expensive. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine with expensive. me. We definitely don't want flooding. I already don't trust this arch. I bet it's gorgeous. I wasn't wasn't told. So all of that renovation was completed in 2018. But like we weren't like we were told that it can sway up to 18 inches. We weren't told that it could withstand flooding. I know. Nobody. I feel like they're 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 drip feeding us the important Mm -hmm. information. Mm -hmm. They're like, this is which is is this structurally sound? I'm sure it is. But I don't. (laughs) It's visually got wind. There's flood, to, there's flood possibilities. All the elements. There, it's a tight enclosed space. She Next, sways. you're gonna tell me it's like can be melted by fire. You know, like <laughs> that's what I'm expecting to come up next. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, I love it. But you guys, that's the St. Louis Arch, which I selfishly, selfishly suggested that we do because I just saw it. <laughs> no, I think it's a great because you know, so obviously, fun. I'm not, I, I'm not from you know, the the middle of America and don't have, I think, the emotional ties to it. But, like, everybody knows what it is. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. Like, I think it's super interesting, its history. And I think that while everybody knows what it is, 1% would know that it's 
a monument to the Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. Like, yeah, neither did I. So I love learning something new. We love when yeah. we have a monument. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you for suggesting this episode. My pleasure. And to our sweet, sweet listeners, as always, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.